<clears throat> Hi, everybody. <clears throat> Great to be with you tonight. Um, it's been an interesting day. I uh, went over to Kaiser for a little cardiac procedure that was supposed to be fairly simple in and out. And, um, instead of one procedure, they did three. And um, the interesting news is that none of them worked. So, so, so it was a, a day filled with uh, frustration and, and, um, and blah, 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 right? All of our days are interesting and, and, uh, and we get a choice about, about whether we're gonna, um, reasonably I could have called somebody and said, oh, I'm just too miserable and forsaken and I couldn't possibly come tonight. Um, or I could say that what I've discovered is my program works if I stay in fit spiritual condition um, and how I get in that condition is to come here and, and uh, be, with, be with all of you and be honest with you. So, so that's how I'm trying to lead my life these days. Um, um, as, as we reach 12 months of living in the pandemic and quarantine, I think a lot of us could have days where we're frustrated or miserable and think a lot about what we've lost, um, feel sorry for ourselves, um, et cetera. But um, in the new pamphlet for, for OA called the Lifetime of Abstinence, it says, in OA, we don't just stop eating compulsively or engaging in compulsive food behaviors. We did that plenty of times on diets. OA gives us a spiritually based program for living one day at a time. We are giving, given a daily reprieve from our disease that is contingent on remaining in fit spiritual condition. So for me, fit spiritual condition really uh, means um, uh, not thinking just about what we don't have, like in the last year, um, but thinking about what we do have. You know, we can't get together in rooms like this one on Tuesday night or um, other meetings that I go to um, and, and sometimes hug each other if that's appropriate and agreed to by both parties um, and, and see each other really face to face. And, you know, we all know about our body systems. If you're actually looking eye to eye with somebody that has a relaxing and healing power um, for our brains. And, and so that's wonderful. And we can't do that. Um, but just in this one day, um, I've been in OA meetings with people from Switzerland, France, Australia, Canada, New York, Maine, and Florida. And those are just the ones that spoke. So who knows where everybody else came from. Um, and now I'm in meetings with all of you um, and not so important to me during the next hour where you came from. It's important to me where we all are um, and that we have this chance to be here together and, and to, practice, um, to practice our fellowship and our spirituality together. So I'm really grateful to OA and to all of us um, because in this room, um, I learned a whole new definition in these rooms of taking care of myself um, and taking care of each other. Um, how do we do that? You know, in the big book, <clears throat> it tells us that we, um, somewhere in literature, it says, let us love you till you learn to love yourself. And, you know, I was in another program, in, and was in for a couple of decades now, another program. And when I got there, I for sure did not love myself. Um, I was angry, I was frustrated, I was embarrassed, um, I was at wit's end, um, and so I didn't love myself. <clears throat> but what happened in those rooms um, was that other people loved me. Um, and they were people who I was coming to respect and appreciate and admire that they had put together a life um, out of the, the um, addictions and compulsions they were dealing with and into the lives that they had now. And so it dawned on me <clears throat> that if I respected them and really appreciated what they turned their lives into, that I didn't really have any right to say, hmm, except you made a lot of right decisions, but the one about loving me is clearly wrong because I'm such a huge mess. So, so, so stop that. You're confusing me by making that one bad decision. And, and gradually, and it took a long time, um, I began to see that if they loved me, sort of goes back to the old religion stories, you know, God loves all of us, or in my case, the Buddha um, loves all of us. And, 
And you know that that that's something that we could learn in these rooms. And and I did slowly but surely. Um, and I couldn't think that those people were making wrong decisions. Um, the fact is they made a lot of decisions that changed their lives and the lives of their families and friends. And, and I wanted what they had. And so part of what they had was a respect for the effort I was putting in and a love for me. And so, so I, I took that on. Um, some years later, when I came to this program, um, I was very smart because I'd worked that other program and I knew all the steps and I'd read all the literature. So I didn't really need much of what you had. Um, and so I came right as the meetings were starting and left right as the meetings ended. And, um, you know, sometimes um, sat as close to the door as possible um, and, and really didn't put much into it. Um, and over the course of the first year that I was hanging around OA, I lost about 30 pounds um, and I was furious because I kept going to meetings. And this one might've been one back then, I can't remember, where people talked about losing 100 pounds, 110 pounds, so, so you know, more than that. And I was bitter. I thought, it's just, this program doesn't work. Other people are losing all that weight and I've only lost 30 pounds. Clearly there's something wrong with this program. Um, and so one of the things that I came to understand is um, from, from listening to all of you and, 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 really, um, and really beginning to pay attention um, was that um, I didn't trust myself. Um, I recall going to a doctor when I first started this program and he said to me, how much weight have you lost? And I said, well, 3,000 pounds over my lifetime, um, you know, hundreds on and hundreds off. And, and, you know, there had been thousands of pills and multiple programs and every sort of imaginable diet that anyone would print and or sell. Um, and what I realized was I had never, ever told the truth about any of that. Like if you asked me how my diet was going, I'd say, oh, it's going really well. If you asked me how much weight I'd gained, I'd say, oh, probably, you know, maybe 10 pounds. Um, um, and anybody who was looking at me um, would know. And so what happened was in that after that first year in the program, somebody um, in one of the meetings that I went to regularly patted me on my stomach and said, how's the program working for you? And I said, I beg your pardon. She said, well, it's obvious to all of us that you've gained a lot of weight in the program. Um, and so I had the typical wise, compassionate response. I walked out the door and stayed away for a year. Um, I thought she was rude and everybody that um, was, everybody else must be as rude as she. Um, fact is she was right. Um, so I, I, didn't like, I didn't like and still don't like that style of patting someone on their body parts um, in a public meeting. Um, but what really pissed me off wasn't being patted on my belly, but was, was the fact that she was right. Um, and that I was able to eventually face that truth. And so I came back, went to some different meetings, um, got a sponsor who actually made me work, helped me to work a program, made me some days. Um, um, and, and what I realized was that I had been, and I've said this before, some of you may have heard the expression, but a creator of food fiction. You know, um, I, I would tell people that I had nothing to eat today but small green salad, or, um, and I can't imagine why I'm still gaining weight. And you know, the fact was I had a small green salad that was sitting right over here next to the bread basket, which I was eating out of. Um, and it was still sitting there at the end of the meal. Um, but, but just all sorts of things. <clears throat> what I learned in this program was that I could trust you um, because people didn't tell those lies. People said, um, I belong to the Century Club um, because I did lose hundred pounds. Um, and then I gained 10 or 20 or some number of them back. Um, and I still here because I'm still willing to do the work I'm still willing to um, take advice, um, to take guidance from people. I'm still willing to be open to the possibility of a new life. Um, and that's what I learned to, about trusting you folks is that you were willing um, for things to be different. 
Um, I didn't have a fear of failure, as it turns out, from talking to all of you. I had a fear of success. You know, food was my go-to. I didn't drink. I didn't do drugs. Uh, you know, lots of other things that I used to do for comfort didn't do. So food was kind of it. And so what I found I needed was to, to really acknowledge that if I was going to do this and be real about it, I was using food for soothing and comfort. So what I had to do in these rooms and by using the steps was to find out what it was I was trying to soothe and comfort. What was going on in there? What was the trauma? What was the, um, the hurt? What was the pain? Um, and so I began to do that work. Um, and, and I got to ask that, answer that question. Was I willing to have a different life? Was I willing to have a life um, that didn't think of not having um, certain foods um, that were on my red flag list as losing things? Um, but I got to have a life where I get to walk with a fellow um, in this program on the beach for a couple of hours at a time, which would have been unthinkable a few years ago. Um, and we get to talk about real life um, and real friendship. And, and, and that wasn't the case before. Um, and I come to these meetings and listen to you and you talk about, not about um, the number on the scale, but about what we're carrying around. Um, and, and that's the stuff that we need to get rid of, the pain and the agony, um, some of it very real. Um, you know, as I said, I think in the big book, it says avoid then the deliberate, deliberate manufacture of misery. And I certainly had some things in my life that could cause suffering and pain. Um, but uh, at least one of those happened when I was a young, very young child. And, you know, I'll be 70 years old in a couple of weeks and I was still carrying it around. And so the, the possibility was that maybe um, I, could, I could never forget what happened, but I could not have that be the organizing principle in my life. Instead, um, I could reach a point where, hmm, you know, the healing could begin in, in earnest. And I didn't need to be soothed and I didn't need to, um, to have happy foods. And I certainly didn't need to have the shame and guilt that now went with the food that used to go with so many other things in my life. And that in these rooms, I really had this, this great opportunity to say, hmm, I could lead a different life. And not because I have um, in, in, in enormous um, faith in the program, um, but because you all provided the evidence. I got to look at you um, and listen to you talk about your lives and the things you've done to take control of your lives. And, and um, uh, you know, and, and it just was a real gift. And so as I looked at my life, I said, hmm, if I really want to do this, I should do anything possible and everything possible. I should work the steps. I should write. I should pick up the phone. I should have a sponsor who actually pays attention to what I'm telling him um, and who calls me on my BS. Um, and I should have sponsees who are even more sometimes even more likely to call us on our, call me on my BS and probably some of you. Um, when they tell you what they want to do and I feel my chest puffing up to say to them, no, you can't possibly do that. And as I'm getting ready to say that, I realize, and the reason you can is because I did it last week and it didn't work. So, um, and now I get to say that, you know, I get to say, um, you know, I, I earned my seat in this room. Um, and like so many other people, I gained some weight back during the beginning of COVID. Um, and I'm happy um, that at the doctor today, they actually weighed me on one of those <laughs> huge scales they take out to weigh cows at the state fair. Um, and the weight gain was not what I thought it was. Um, uh, I'm, I'm working on it uh, with my sponsor and, and it's, it's, uh, it's not grand, but it's, it's a relatively small amount of weight compared to what I've been walking around for the last couple of months thinking that I had gained. Um, so that's, that's um, you know, that's the, the part for me is the opportunity to be in this fellowship and to learn from all of you that if you trusted me to show up here and tell you my best version of the truth, 
then I could trust me to actually dig deep and find out what that truth was. You know, what is the truth of the way I eat? What is the truth of the way I suffer? What is the truth of the food fiction that I create for myself and everybody else? Um, and so now I can say, I've got a plan of eating and I've got a plan of action. And I use some the other tools, some of them more than others. Um, um, I do service whenever I have an opportunity to do it. Um, and the fact is that during COVID-19, I sat in this chair or one just like it in the other room, um, sufficient amount of time to have um, put some of that belly back on that that woman touched four years ago. Um, and no one, no one yet, and this is not an invitation, no one yet has patted it and said, oh, it looks like you've gained a little weight. Um, and it's not nearly what it was back then when she did it, um, but, but um, someone could. And at this point, my answer would be, yeah, I have. And my plan of eating is intact, but the fact is I'm turning 70 this month and, um, and uh, or next month, and, and uh, uh, I'm turning 70 and my metabolism is different and sitting all these hours a day is different. So I need to change the plan of action. Um, I need to, to, to re-engage re and, and, and to do some more stuff to counterbalance those two things. And it's not a failure, it's success. The success of recognizing it, saying it out loud, asking folks for advice about what you, what you did and how you, how you uh, have dealt with um, your plan of eating and plan of action during shelter in place and, and what ideas that, um, that you might have for me. Um, and so I think it's, it's the gift of, of OA um, is that we come together and we speak a truth. And in some of the other 12-step programs, you know there's that you just simply don't ever do that again. And in this program, um, we, you know, a person has to eat for nutrition. And so there's all sorts of definitions of abstinence um, and, and they change and, and some, some get wider, some get narrower, et cetera. Um, but the gift is we get to say it out loud. And then if we want to, we can ask somebody, does that sound reasonable? Does that sound like a good plan? Um, and if we ask, people will answer. <laughs> they, will, they will definitely answer if we ask. Um, and and the, the gift that I've been given is the willingness to ask. Um, and when I ask the question, is that a reasonable choice to change one food for the other? Um, uh, I, you know, Irish ancestry and tomorrow's St. Patrick's Day and I don't drink. So um, Irish soda bread is available at many bakeries around the neighborhood. Um, and, a, and a friend told me today we're the best Irish soda bread in San Francisco is. And my vow to all of you is that I will not go anywhere near that street tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. Even though as I was taking off the hospital band, I thought, well, surely if you went to the hospital today, you could have some Irish soda bread tomorrow. Um, but the gift is that I now ask myself the question, is that a reasonable um, choice? Um, and I also ask a friend, <laughs> but I ask myself and the answer is no. So I wanna share with you in closing, it's not conference literature, so hopefully you won't put me on mute, but there's some beautiful lines from a poem by Albert Camus that says, in the midst of hate, I found there was within me an invincible love. In the midst of tears, I found there was within me an invincible smile. Five minutes, Steve. In the midst of chaos, I found there was within me an invincible calm. I realized, through it all, that in the midst of winter, I found there was within me an invincible summer. And that makes me happy, for it says that no matter how hard the world pushes against me, within me, there's something stronger, something better, pushing right back. And what I can tell you is that within me, that was hidden um, and beaten up and damaged and locked away. Um, and when I came to these rooms, um, you all helped me find that. You help me remember that something stronger, that something tough enough to do this program, um, that something um, that helped me to be honest first with myself, um, 
because I needed to be honest for all of you because you were honest for me. Um, and I am today after being um, a little over two and a half years abstinent, um, uh, I am a, a healthier human being, better able to be connected with all of you um, and a nicer human being to everybody I know. And so from me and from all of them, thank you for your service. Thanks. Thank you everybody. Thank you.